While your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. I'm Chris McCarthy. We're joined by New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell. Great to be with you guys. It feels like I was just here. You literally <laughs> were just was. right 12 hours ago. Right? <laughs> yeah. Nine, what time is it now? Seven? Yeah. Yeah. So about seven hours ago. Yeah. Um, what have you done in that in that time span? <laughs> How did you spend your day? No, I just, was just waiting around. Just chilling. That's how I spend my day sometimes, just, just waiting around for South Coast just, tonight. Just Fort back, Phoenix, yeah. picking up Fort cans. <laughs> so um, you, you talked a little bit about the state of the city. You have the state of the city address next week. Um, mm-hmm. And you talked a little bit of, uh, about it with uh, with Tim. Um, but what you didn't answer is, is like, who's going to be there? Um, because it's kind of like a it's it can be kind of like a who's who in mm-hmm. terms of and I, at last year was an election year so we had a lot of people there uh, from all over the place right but um, is there anybody that from the statewide offices that are gonna is, is gonna be there anybody that we wouldn't expect? Well, I hope it was be good enough for you just to have all non celebrities. Uh, no, no, I'm going to be there <laughs> He's either way. Is Jeff Deal going to be there? <laughs> yeah, no, it it is like well, no. The thing is, is like there's he orders food. Jeff Deal. There's a little there. bit. <laughs> you can't. You got to comp the ticket. And Jeff right. Deal goes. <laughs> count the count the <laughs> So uh, so depends on how big the tip is, right? Right. right. Um, so uh, <laughs> no, but I'm saying there's a, there's there's pageantry to this stuff. And that's why I'm asking. He's talked about the substance. I'm asking about the the pageantry. I don't. Um, so I don't think so. I mean, last year there were uh, there were a number of statewide candidates. Candidates, right? Yeah. Because it was a state general. election yeah. year. So that. So I don't. I don't think so. It is the second biggest. We understand it to be the second. That it is the second biggest state of the city address in Massachusetts, if not New England. And that's you know the reason for that is. Largely because, well, two reasons. One, because there's a tradition of, of it being a big event here in the yeah. Chamber of Commerce. Tours. But it, the other reason is that the cities that are bigger than us tend, almost all of them, tend to hold their state of the city addresses in city council chambers. Yeah. City. So that's why, you know, so you can't fit 500 people in those places. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But it's good. I think it's, look, I think, it, I think the way we do it's better. Um, it's hard to do. With just a general audience, uh, especially in the middle of the day, that's why the, you know, the lunch is a little bit of a hook, right? Sure, of uh, course. But yeah, <laughs> it is. So, but it works. I think it works pretty well because you know it's an opportunity to talk to a lot of people. There's a good media contingent there. It's great uh, for the city. I think it's really good for the city. Really good for the city. Yeah. Are you going to? Last year, you you had made an announcement that um, really um, 
annoyed the city council about the $5 million to the Z. I'm wondering if you have any other announcements that are going to have a similar effect. <laughs> You'd like to make right, here. Five more million to the right. <laughs> <laughs> And then you just turn to, get out turn to the wait. table <laughs> and just, and just yeah. wink at right. them. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I mean, well, I'll have some announcements. I don't think that uh, that will... I don't think we'll have any along those lines. I think the council... Last time, it was a little bit of a... <sighs> It, we had the council, if you recall, la uh, last year took took a while to uh, accept the ARPA funds, right? From the that's uh, correct from yeah. the federal government, and so they did not long, just within I don't know, it was like a couple weeks before the state of the city address, and there had been a, so coincidentally um, there there had been a change in the ARPA regulations that was about to go into effect, like right after the city council approved or accepted the ARPA funds, that would have precluded our giving much money to the Z for the Z's big improvement project. Just mm -hmm. as a reminder, the Z is a city-owned building, right? Yes. It's an mm -hmm. important anchor institution, a cultural institution, it educates kids and all that stuff, but it's also, to the extent we put money into it, we're putting our money into an asset that the taxpayers own. Right? Yeah. So it really wasn't a whole lot of time to like, get the word out about why we're doing it. So what didn't make, I, I think some people thought, well, why is the first you know, chunk of money you're spending in ARPA funds on the, on the Z? And that's that's why it was just, we had to get it in under the interim, the during the period in which the interim rule was in effect. Okay. So, um, but no, I don't think we'll be hearing anything about that. I will talk about ARPA funds and just how much other money we've been able to leverage, either private sector money or state um, or other federal money we've been able to leverage with the, the spending that we have done, because it is considerable. <laughs> so we're speaking with New Bedford Mayor uh, John Mitchell. Um, so one of the things, I don't know if you covered this with Tim today, but I think it's important because I, I literally one time spent an entire show on this. We got enough call volume and all of that to get spend an entire show on the subject. But Datco's, um, uh, but, you know, can, canceled their South Coast bus routes on, on April 16th. Um, there was some work to get those bus routes. And, and you were harshly critical of them uh, for doing so and doing so uh, abruptly. But you were, were able to come to uh, a solution to that. Can you Can you tell us more? Yeah. Yeah, so the state delegation and I weighed in on it, and um, and I th think we've got a good result in the end uh, with Peter Pan. If you remember, Peter Pan, you guys probably, you, you do, Chris. Yeah. Remember, Peter Pan used to be the service provider. Absolutely. Boston and New Bedford uh, years ago. For years. Um, I used to take so, it back from Amherst. Yeah. 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 Uh, so. That's a long bus ride. It was a long bus ride. Yeah. So, um, so Peter Pan's still around. They're going to be, be be filling in for DACO. The key here is really to, at least to have service between New Bedford and Boston um, up until the point where the train service starts, which is scheduled for late this calendar year. So, um, it, look, DACO. The thing that irked me about DACO was just how abruptly they did it. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't call the city. Right. I'm not saying they should call the city just out of respect, although that's certainly a consideration. It's like if you gave us the heads up, we could work to fill in the gap. So it sure. kind of left us scrambling, let other, other officials. The, like the, the, v, the VP also had some sort of pouty, childish comment about it. It said like, 
well, the elected officials had made it clear that they like rail and they don't like us or something like that. And it's like, I don't think anybody ever said rail is going to come at the exclusion of any other transportation service. It was just no, something that we were, no, you know, we're excited not. for. No, it's just it's a little bit of a CYA comment. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, like, I mean, what, like he, at least he, at least he acknowledged, at least he acknowledged that they didn't, he didn't give the well, right. didn't give the heads up yeah. right, to the city, which right. is, you know, I guess they had to acknowledge that, but um, yeah, look, it's just, it, look, they, they, it's a privately, it's a privately owned, privately operated uh, bus service. And like any other private entity, you can't begrudge them if they want to cut back because they're not making a profit, right? Absolutely. It's just they're providing a public service. And as such, they do owe the public some obligation, I would submit to yeah. say, hey, heads up, everybody, just so you can adjust your schedules. We're really sorry to tell you we're... You know, not going to be doing this route anymore. They didn't do that. So, uh, but all's well that ends well. It's, uh, it's Peter Pan's in place. The, there aren't as many um, options. There won't be as many any uh, as many um, rides. But um, but I think it'll be good enough to get us through to the end of the year. Why did Peter Pan decide to like? Th- it's not lucrative for Datco, but yeah, it'll be lucrative for them. I don't know. It's a good no. question. I don't. I don't know. Huh. I thought they could step in, but I, I don't. I, it's not obvious to me. I mean, Datco may have had other issues with. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Right. Other other costs that that Peter Pan doesn't have. Yeah, sure. So uh, we're speaking with New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell. Um, so one of the the other things that I wanted to talk to you about is you talked a little bit about body cams. Uh, I think with Tim maybe last week, but um, basically. Uh, I think there's Fall River's got body cams now. I've heard about, and I remember having Tony on back when I was still on Saturdays, which is a while ago now, talking about how there was money secured for police body cams. And I know you're, you know, using some available monies to make some improvements on public safety equipment. So, um, are we at a juncture where we're ever going, where we're going to see body uh, body worn cameras on police officers in New Bedford? Yes, yeah, we uh, we, we will see them. Um, there isn't much in the way of state funds that would be nice to do to get state funds but it's that's really sort of a pittance um but all that said uh it, it really is a matter of our being able to negotiate it with the police union and we are doing that so we'd like to be able to get to that point but they've got to say yes to it and we're in the middle of of um, negotiations with them i thought it, i thought the police union wanted um body cam uh, bo- uh body cams they didn't, they didn't when they said they wanted them they wanted to negotiate they, them, right? they didn't tell you the price right <laughs> right. Yeah, right. 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 right it's like it's a right. negotiation right so <laughs> yeah uh yeah uh, so if they said if they said the price was zero then and you don't have to negotiate anything else right then there would be they'd have them on now because i think we do yeah we do have the the money to do it um it's you know it's really the personnel costs and because the police department runs has been running a surplus because of the staffing shortage we've had we can we can use some of those funds to you know to do you know to take care of the personnel costs associated with um with running body cameras so that's it's all possible i think the police do want to see them but like with everything else with public sector unions it's subject to negotiation so we're speaking with New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell. So speaking of shortage on the police department, I, I know that, that 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 problem has come up and you guys are working on it. Yeah. Uh, you instrumented some bonuses, things right. like that. 
How's that going so far? No, recognizing it's not an overnight solution anyway, but how's that going so far? Yeah, I think it's too early to tell. Um, you know, as, as you know, the hiring of police officers in Massachusetts is subject to the civil service rules in which uh, you know, prospective candidates have to go through an application process right. and select where they want to go. And there are lists that are submitted of prospective candidates to the city or town uh, to not to choose from per se, but to work down. And it's all based on you know, the, the applicant test scores and other metrics. And then everybody who goes through it has to be screened. And so there's a whole lot of screening that goes on public um, uh, criminal background checks right. and you know credit checks and other other inter interviews. And so uh, there's all great weeding out of candidates who shouldn't be police officers. Um, and, you know, the problem these days is that the, 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 there aren't that many people who want to become police officers. It's just, it's, it's, it's just it, not a very unfortunate reality. Right. It's, yep. it's, uh, there's a, I, I don't, I, there isn't quite a crisis yet, but there is a sort of, and um, the, the trends um, among uh, 20 somethings when it comes to public service or traditional public, the interest in pu traditional public service roles is, is ominous. Um, the, um, so you look at, I mean, we've talked about it before, right? Police staffing is a big, big problem across the country, across, across urban police departments, yeah. but also some suburban, but primarily urban, right? Because the jobs just has, there's, there's more pressure associated with those, yeah. those jobs. It's more, they're more, tend to be more demanding. But, you know, you look at this, there are teacher shortages mm -hmm. in most places. It's not totally, it's not acute here, but we're, we're feeling that there are parts of the country where urban school departments are feeling a real strong pinch because people don't want to go into the teaching profession. The Army last year had its worst recruiting year in the last 50 years. Yep. Um, so the mil all the military branches of the military service are, are, have been hurting for recruits. Um, and there are other examples, but it's... I don't know. There's been some kind of cultural change. It's hard for me. I, I don't think anybody has a real grip on it right now. But there's you know, public, public, um, public interest polling has depicted you know changes in values among the Gen Zers, right? The early kids, uh, or young folks who are in their early twenties, and it's they're just they seem to be less interested in those those types of things. Which um, I'm not sure there's a whole lot of good in those trends. Uh, it's, it is a little, you need people to step up and serve the public and do uh, kids these work days. For these. Yeah. Well, it's not well, money is important, I, but, but it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not yeah, the motivator I, for people to become cops. Yeah. It shouldn't be anyway. It, no, it shouldn't. I, I, I get the whole, you know, whole thing reality, kids these days yeah. and sometimes that's, that's overstated, right? right. It yeah, just I to agree. be like, yeah. you know, for Gen Xers, like, Chris and me, right? <laughs> so it always, you know, hear, wow, these kids aren't, you know, they're, you know, lazy or whatever. And I think that's, that's think not, so. was not the case at all. No. Uh, and I don't think you, you hear that anymore, right? So there's always that refrain. But when you see the, the staffing shortages now and just like the lack of interest in some things that are about participating in civic institutions and it's just the, the, the trends are it's it's hard to read a whole lot of good in those trends i don't mean to sound so pessimistic about it but there's got to be there's got and, and like people can grow up and they can sort of figure out um what's important to them as they grow older and right. maybe those trends start to flip but like right now it's not it's not encouraging 
So we're speaking with New Bedford Mayor uh, John Mitchell. Uh, why don't we take a break while we ponder the, the winnowing staffing and resources <laughs> of <laughs> municipal government, and uh, we'll be right so, back. I don't mean to sound so dire. <laughs> no, no, no. Welcome back to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. And I'm Chris McCarthy. We're still here with New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell. We asked him to leave. He wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, now call security. Got into the Thanks, candy. John. You got know. into the candy. Appreciate you coming by. I don't want to dime you out to your wife, but he's into the candy over here. I'm already starting. I was like, are you guys eating this Starburst? <laughs> oh, really? He's not? <laughs> um, We're filming him eating it. <laughs> so, uh, so tomorrow... Uh, this is important because you vetoed those three ballot questions. The one that would, uh, you know, essentially ask people if they want to gut the CPA Act because a, a city council got phone calls at some point. Uh, another is uh, reducing the mayoral term from four year to two, uh, four years to two years, and the other is um, should the city uh, pass an ordinance related to rent stabilization. So um, you vetoed all three of them. You wrote a uh, spirited. Um, uh, letter to the city council explaining your reasons why um, they a few of them responded in kind um, but by my count they didn't have the same eloquence though but <laughs> or thrust or thrust <laughs> <laughs> so um, the they're they're up for uh, they're up for a vote uh, uh, tomorrow I, I by my count I think they're all gonna fail um, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, I think the CPA one's definitely DOA. The uh, four-year to two-year mayoral term is is seems just again DOA, just based on statements by city councilors on how they're going to vote on these. And the rent stabilization one seems less certain. But I know that there's some councilors that are on the fence, so it might it might depend on like you know what decision they come to when they walk through the door that evening. But. What's your what's which is what's, no way to run a government, but yeah, it might just be something you know you struggle with internally, right. and I, I don't know. Um, but what's your feeling on on um, how these are going to go tomorrow? Well, um, yeah, I mean, I've had a, a number of good, constructive conversations with counselors over the last few weeks about this, and I you know mm -hmm. I tried to lay out um, in that veto letter where I stood on on each of them, which is yeah both you know, on procedural as well as substantive grounds opposing mm -hmm. those uh, those measures. Uh, and the first two you mentioned, the Community Preservation Act, as well as the term of mayor, those are things that the voters fairly recently, yes. uh, especially on, on the four-year term, voted on. They in legally binding referenda. Right? Yeah. So, you know, it, their proposal to put non-binding referenda on those two issues kind of begs the question, well, didn't the voters just decide this, right? Yes. Yeah. You know, the ink's barely dry on the four-year term. And then there's the CPA, and I think, I, I excuse me, the um, rent control uh, measure. And, and look, I, I, I totally get that. Mm -hmm. It's the, we've, it, it is hard to find housing. It's mm -hmm. hard to find a, a housing that's within one's budget. And we see it all the time. I, prices have started to level off, but mm -hmm. not a ton. And so a policy that, ca in effect, caps uh, rent is a very tempting sure. solution, right? It's like, why not? Like, so just to make sure that people aren't, can find 
a house or an apartment to live in. I get it. Like everybody wants their fellow man or woman to to have shelter, right? Of it's course. A basic basic need. The problem is, and it's complicated, a little more complicated, is that it's been tried in lots of places and it has failed everywhere. That's right. just, it, and the reason is, and as we've been through it and it took pains to spell this out in the letter, that, um, you know, the government with the narrow exception of public housing is not in the housing business, right? And the private sector is. And if you're in the private sector, you build housing, uh, you make housing available to people if you think you can do it profitably. But if the government's saying, we're going to limit how much money you can make by right. capping the rent, then you'd say, well, I'm going to go build my housing somewhere else. And that would just exacerbate, would exacerbate right. the problem, right? It would make housing less attainable. So the, the answer is the one that I think that we're trying to promote. We, and, in our comprehensive housing plan, which is that we do everything we can to increase the housing to supply to facilitate sure. investment that increases uh, the housing supply and to lower barriers, the lower barriers, permitting barriers, wherever they may be found to get more vacant properties back on the market more quickly. Every city has a certain number of uh, vacancies at any point, right? But, and ours is a lot lower than it, our number is a lot lower than it used to be, but there's, oh, but there are, some ways of getting some more on the market, and that doesn't really require a whole lot of government investment, right? Mm -hmm. It's just the housing's already there. So uh, it's those things and a number of other levers that we've been pulling. The other important point that I, and, it's, and this wasn't brought up by the council, but, and, but it's there in our plan, and that is the housing challenges, the pressures are regional in scope, right? Our region's different from other regions, but within our region, it's the same problem. It doesn't, the cost of housing doesn't um, honor, the the housing market doesn't, in our region, doesn't honor the municipal boundaries, right? Mm -hmm. So the reality is in New Bedford, New Bedford has almost all, over 90% of the rental units within greater New Bedford. And so it's often tempting, I think, for folks in our suburbs to say, well, you know, this is New Bedford's problem. It's not New Bedford's problem. It's it's a it's a regional problem, and we do need to work on it regionally, and I think that's, we're never going to get to a point where we feel like we've got our arms around it until we've got everybody on board. Speaking with New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell, um, so after these uh, questions are um, effectively vetoed, um, is that you think enough momentum for you to make your announcement for re-election? <laughs> wow, I was wondering well, where well done. Chris, you know, he gets an A for that one. He does. I, there's Re a lot of misdirection there. Really well I done. I was like, well, I'm sort of I'm like my wheels are turning. I think I'm getting geared up for another uh, housing policy question. And, right. uh, and there we and there he goes, right? Yeah. Um, very well done. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, why not? Just leave it for Burgo. Just yeah, yeah. Leave, it, leave it for Linda. So why not? Um, <laughs> why not? Um, no, no, no. I haven't. Well, I, I haven't made any announcements yet, as you guys know. Will you, after these questions are vetoed, call Linda and say two and zero? Oh. <laughs> no. No. I, but, will, but, I will not. I will not do that. <laughs> Please no. So, but but the reality of it is that we these questions 
just appeared. The city council never talked to you about them. No. Councilor Burgo told us he purposely avoided talking. We didn't want to hear the bad news. Um, had they come to you, you would have told them the same things, but it would have yeah. saved a lot of time. Yeah, and a lot. They of- effectively wasted an awful lot of time. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, look, I mean, one might say, well, you know, it sparked the public conversation, but you wonder, like, how constructive the conversation was, right? You're talking about, you know, in the case of the CPA and the four-year mayoral term, things that had been recently settled, right? And so, you know, there's a stirring up of, of, of things that had been widely debated before uh, in the context of binding referenda. And on this matter of rent control, the problem there is that, um, putting aside whether the referendum is binding, it's just a complex subject, and yeah. it's just very tempting to say we're going to cap your rent. Of course, who, who wants to pay more rent than right. they have to, yeah. right? Right. But it's it's yeah. a lot more complicated than than that, and that was frankly left out of the discussion. Non-binding ballot questions. Everybody want free ice cream, right? It's yeah. a cruel yeah. hoax. Right. I mean. R- really is. As it gets warmer, it feels more like Nicaragua around here, really. Instability in government, <laughs> confiscation of property. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Next, we'll be growing bananas. Banana Republic. Right, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. But that was our fault, right? It's Banana <laughs> no, Republic. You guys, that well, was America's guys, fault, right? Because no, I mean, at the behest of United Fruit, that's why they're called Banana Republic. Although I think oh, the, no. most of those bananas were shipped to Europe, really. Okay. Sure. Western interests, we'll, we'll call it. <laughs> let's, let's, let's take a break. <laughs> 1420 WBSM, New Bedford's News Talk Station. 800. As a veteran of the United States military, I can finally get the opportunity to enjoy special events, like a date with my wife, or going out together with my family and friends, things that we couldn't afford. Thanks to Ventix. Every empty seat at a concert, a game, motorsports, or a play is a missed opportunity to say thanks to a veteran and service member. We can help. We can give our veterans a special event where they too can create their own cherished memories. Find out how by visiting www.vettix.org. That's www. V-E-T-T-I-X dot org. Find out how you can make a difference in a veteran's life. I'm a wife and the mother of two kids, and I've got a good job. Bye, Mom. See you, Mom. A pretty important job. Because of my family and my job, I really care about this neighborhood. It's a good neighborhood. Yes, there's some crime. And when I drive to work, like now, I realize that some people here don't trust the police. So the police should be reaching out to this community. And this community should reach out to the police. That's the way to make this a safer place. And when I get to work in the precinct house and put on my uniform, I can tell you as a police officer that this department is reaching out to the community. And the community is doing its part. We're building partnerships. This should be happening everywhere. This is how we can all be safer. Get involved. Start the conversation. Start the conversation and help stop crime. To learn the five things you can do, go to ncpc.org slash preventviolentcrime. A message from the National Crime Prevention Council and the Bureau of Justice Assistance. Have your voice heard right now on South Coast Tonight. Call 508-996-0500 or send an app chat message on the WBSM app. 
Now, back to Chris and Marcus. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus, uh, 508-996-0500. But we're actually going to take calls later because uh, you got to talk to Mayor Mitchell earlier in the day uh, about your streetlights. So, um, <laughs> so <laughs> and that's fine. Like, I, you know, people people should call in about their streetlight. We're going to get or the they could call your office. What's what's they that? Call my office. But they <laughs> called about a streetlight on Willard Street. And we're they did. Get, we're going to get. He's going to do it himself. I'm gonna he get, told me he's going to get a bucket truck <laughs> and a hard hat. He's going to go up there. You know, no, no, no. no. I, actually, I remember really? a few years ago when he was telling me a story about painting his house. I got worried about you on the ladder. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I don't want you on the ladder. My neighbors, uh, yeah, I get a little worried about that. Yeah. I get a little worried. Some part of me, I, I, I still... I'm cleaning my gutters. That's, still. That was the thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's probably not a good idea. Council no, president's going to kick the ladder, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> you know, you know, it would really be, it would be a tough obituary. <laughs> I know you were talking about Rob Ford earlier. I mean, right. that. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Rob. I Ford. couldn't believe a Rob Ford reference in 2023. That was that was something. Yeah, yeah. Too bad he wasn't around to believe it. Just a poster child for. Um, for a recall provision, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Rob Ford was the mayor Although of Toronto. Although it's amazing you had to go crap. that far away when we've had one literally right next door. Yeah, without, well, yeah. Well, kind of next door. He's yeah. now a New Hampshire resident. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but Rob Ford, there was, there was no recall provision in Toronto's city charter. Yeah. Right. So, you know, they were stuck with him. R Rob Ford smoked crack while he was in office. And admitted doing it. And admitted right. to it, yeah. yeah. And and it, it'd be one thing if he maybe smoked crack before he got to office and uh -huh. there was some disclosure and maybe moved on, you know, but... Um, like, yeah, smoked no, crack. No, while he was, right. while he was sitting in office. Like Marion Barry. Yeah, I don't know what... Uh, Marion Barry, uh, well, Marion Barry said he was set up, right? That's, well, oh, Marion Barry, oh, yeah, okay. There yeah, was yeah, a yeah. camera Marian in the room. Yeah, there was right. a camera in the room. That generally means you're set up. Mayor of D.C.? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I mean, when you go into a room and there's already a camera there, you are being set up. But whether you smoke the crack is really up to you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I could set up a camera right now. I don't think you'd smoke crack. Uh, no. <laughs> would you? Would you, you thanks, thanks, Chris. Would uh, you, John Mitchell? I, that's, that's a real high Will you, John Mitchell? <laughs> we set some high standards. You can be confident I wouldn't be smoking. Will, will you, John Mitchell, commit to not smoking crack? <laughs> right. Maybe he goes the other yes way. Yes or no question there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyway... <laughs> um, it's kind of hard to transition out of that into something, but I do have an. Actually, I do have a topic. We were ta um, I had um, I had Will sent it on uh, a couple weeks ago to talk about the rooming house fire and some of the, uh, I guess, code violations that uh, may have led up to it, um, and like lack of sprinkler service and all of that. And a lot of that came down to you know I, I think what he had concluded in his report is uh, is a lack of um, enforcement. Um, and so going forward, I know that there's a lot of rooming houses in the city. I think you said 27 of them. Am I right about that? Uh, there are, we just went through the numbers uh, today. There are actually 29 that are really? still open as rooming houses. So they've whittled the list down a little bit because some have gone out of the business. And some are, some are. Does that include sober houses too? Is that how you guys categorize them? Uh not to get too no, deep into the well, weeds, but... Yeah, so I think it's... Yeah, the terminology gets a little confusing and yeah. what's a sober house and what isn't, but yeah, the ones that are sober 
sober houses tend to be rooming houses. They're single, per, they're single occupancy room arrangements, right? Someone lives okay. in a room, and there there is a um, a common kitchen, right. right? Common bathrooms and all that. That's the. But but what I'm uh, the the point I'm trying what I wanted to ask about is is you know seeing as this happened and there seems to be some issues of code enforcement, what is the city going to do moving forward um, to try to make this a little bit more preventable? Yeah, so there are a th- couple of things to unpack. But so there are, there, there's like any building, rooming houses are subject to fire inspection and there are certain rules that apply to rooming houses that apply to other places, other uh, apartment buildings, other types of apartment buildings having to do with fire escapes and you know means of egress and, and fire alarms, hardwired fire alarms and other things. And then there is, um, we adopted, we, the city adopted a state law that requires rooming houses in particular, these single occupancy room arrangements, uh, facilities to have sprinkler systems, right? So when it came to code violations like fire escapes and such, um, the reporting was not accurate by the New Bedford Light. So there was a big error, which they have corrected. Uh, so you'll see that in the New Bedford Light. And Matt Ferrer at the Standard Times pointed yeah. this out, not explicitly, but if you read through yeah. his piece, you'll see why. But the the city had, the New, the New Bedford Light made a to-do out of a whistleblower email that was sent to me and to Chief Kruger saying uh, this place is a death trap, right? And so that was in July of last year, and the person listed four things that he thought were wrong, having to okay. do with the door being blocked and the fire um, alarms, right, smoke alarms, a couple of other things. The fire department, this was what was left out hmm. <laughs> of the New Bedford Light piece. The fire department was there the next day correcting okay. it and mm-hmm. then had gone back there two other times thereafter. So there were no open code violations there, and I would just, that was just very. When when the Bedford Light ran that story, all the other reporters who had asked the same questions and who had gone away saying, "Oh, look, the, the city was on top of it," they all came back and said, hey, "Were you lying to us?" Sure. Out of the TV station, so I was not happy with the, as you can tell by the tone of my voice, right? Um, not happy with the reporting. It just I couldn't believe no, I, that that was left out of the story. Yeah. When it comes when it comes to sprinkler systems, um, the um, we have been giving the rooming houses time to comply. The reason you do that is sprinkler systems cost a bundle. Right. So in the case of the Royal Crown Apartments on a Cushion and Ave, the building that burned, the sprinkler system there, which they had you know had their permit just had received their permit to, to put in, they were moving toward that, would have cost them $80,000 and then some additional funds to run the a, a second high-pressure water line from the street. So it required the digging up the street. So close to $100,000 just to do that work. So it's not like, you know, they're having their, their bathroom tiled, right? It's a big project. Right. And so we do give them time to do it. So I have the 29 now that have um that are rooming houses in the city 15 have sprinkler systems and then there's like another 10 that are in compliance that are working toward it and then there's like a couple of other ones that have been non-compliant and we're 
there'll be more to come out on this later, but we're going to be ratcheting up the pressure on them. They're already getting fined and such. So we want to get every, all of them up to a point where they're sprinkled, right? And, uh, and then, you know, I do think, even though I think the fire department does a good job in keeping up with code enforcement, I do think we, we treat them, I think the, the gap there is we treat the rooming houses like other apartment buildings, which is to say, you know, the fire department's on it, but it's not on it any more than it is any other uh, in terms of mm-hmm. code enforcement, any other um, apartment building. I, we probably do need to, to do more in the way of more frequent inspections of those places because you have you have a very marginalized population mm-hmm. in those buildings. You have to, they are in many ways residences of last resort and we're starting to see that now the people who are displaced some of the people who are displaced by the fire still don't have housing right right? so they don't they tend not to be employed and a lot of them are on social security Mm -hmm. and so we're trying to we're we're trying to um we want uh, on the one hand we don't want to push so hard that we're pushing people out onto onto the street because yeah. that's a real risk. Yeah, that's a real problem, hand, right? You can't you can't have unsafe conditions, so it is going to require more intense uh, code enforcement. And we're getting there with the sprinkler system, so we got a little more than half of them are sprinklered now. We're going to take a break, and then we'll finish out the hour strong. <laughs> Welcome back, uh, Marcus Farrow. Um, we're here with Mayor John Mitchell. Um, John, we've That's had Chris McCarthy. Yeah, yeah Chris McCarthy. thank you, thank you. Doesn't recognize that voice. Right. He doesn't right. have a name. I don't have a name. <laughs> Who is that? They never gave me a name. <laughs> Michael Scott. They never gave me a name. Um, <laughs> yeah. John, before we finish out the hour, real quick, any updates on the industrial park that you you have a very ambitious? You got to grow. You got to grow the economy. You've said it. Yep. Um, anything on that? Yeah, I mean that's it's been slow going, right? Uh, because well, first, it's a really complicated project. Sure. That required us taking the land that was is set aside for as parkland and having the legislature approve its removal and exchanging with that with that land uh, in a roughly equal amount of land, actually greater, in South Dartmouth that the city owns. Right? This it's the gun range. Yeah. Don't have to do all that to to develop land and then you know by the time you were prepared to move forward then we had this you know slight problem with pandemic and inflation and all that stuff so it chilled investor interest but we are going to develop that site and um so we're right now we're doing a market study to sort of figure out um what our sweet spot is right the problem is that we probably don't have developers who will want to buy the entire thing all at once okay develop it so it's probably going to be bitten off in chunks Mm -hmm. right and then the other thing we're trying to do is just see if we can rearrange the site so that we don't can we don't have to do nearly as much work to realign the golf course and so just to save the the city money so um i I think we're going to see a pathway out i probably probably by summer probably have a little more to say about that you told me uh on the break you were going to pave over the golf course oh. <laughs> <laughs> an hour of phone calls. <laughs> put it, we can put a so water said. park we can put a so water said, park. oh yeah. my god the yeah, water the park. water park there we go yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um kids have been sledding there for years why not a water park right i almost died there sledding in high school everybody's got a story there, everyone does right? right crazy i didn't sled there 
It's too bad. <laughs> Won't have an opportunity to now. Life's still... You're still young. I could. Yeah, you I could. guess I could sled there. But it doesn't snow but anymore. Not with global warming. Because the, the, right, yeah, the, right. the world's ending. The world is so, ending. <laughs> so we're, we're, in, we're in dire straits we're here. We're going to end on that cheery note right. of the show. Yeah. Um, well, so... Is there anything else? Because I've sort of no, uh, nothing run else, out nothing of stuff. Else. <laughs> <laughs> sort of yeah, there's up. absolutely nothing going <laughs> on. We're, just, uh, <laughs> no, we're looking to pick up more hobbies. <laughs> How's the birdhouse building going? <laughs> <laughs> Cleaning his gutters, building birdhouses. <laughs> yeah. You know, my dog's doing great. Thanks for asking. Uh, you know, what kind of dog? Awesome. I have a Labrador Retriever. Yeah, she's, she's, she's awesome. It's yeah. like really stereotypical for an elected official, isn't it? I feel like it I is. I didn't mean for it. Well, my kids <laughs> The Mitchell around. family, like yeah. the yellow bean catalog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they wanted something else. No, we're no, getting a Labrador yellow, retriever. Yellow bean. Dad's got an election to win. The yellow bean catalog came to the house and now the he goes. The next one, we'll get, we'll, uh, we'll get something more menacing than a. No. <laughs> <laughs> a Rottweiler or a pit bull. <laughs> Natalie said, yellow bean catalog came. She goes, look, the Mitchell son is a Christmas ah, guy. I go, no, no, that's yellow bean. Honey, you're all wrong. No, no, no. No, my dog's great. She's awesome. She's, she's a big listener of uh, the program. Uh, tunes in right about now. You don't, have, you don't have a cat? We don't have a cat. Okay. You know he walks his cat? I do walk my cat. You with a leash on? Yeah. yeah. I walk my cat, yeah. It's good exercise. She, she enjoys it. She enjoys it. She, it's mostly around she the yard. Scratch you later. It's mostly around the yard. Yeah, um, she doesn't scratch me. No, the thing After is, you walk her. The thing is, it's good that she's on a leash. Otherwise, she would have killed probably quite a bit of birds. Oh, sure. uh, you know, and so um, she enjoys it. Yeah, she demands it now. So that's that's what's going on in my life. <laughs> you know what? I, it's, I, I can't, I just, I've been on the radio so much over my time in office. The first time we just sort of like run out of stuff, right? We yeah, should have, we, we, should really have, we should have ordered at the 99. We walked in there smelling the 99. I was like, yeah. I, I got to have some, we, whatever, we, they, whatever they're blowing out the window. Yeah. You ate Starburst. I've been eating Starburst the entire time. So yeah. John Mitchell likes Starburst. We know that now. Well, you know, he's not the first. We, we I will tell you, even offer. My office, these no, are no. not the first Here's Starburst the thing. I've had today. Here's really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because we didn't, listen, we didn't actually offer him the Starburst. No, no, no. He, no, he took right, it. I helped myself. <laughs> he asserted himself. <laughs> he said, can We're I have all about transparency. <laughs> right. Yeah. Do we have to fill out an ethics thing? We gave, is that more than $25? I don't know. If I keep going at this at this rate, we'll cross the ethics threshold. Maybe in about two hours of Starburst. <laughs> Just putting away these yeah. Starburst. Yeah. Folks, you know how to get your streetlight fixed now. <laughs> yeah. Drop off an envelope of Starburst. No, that's all it takes. <laughs> that's all it takes. So what about, what about M&M's? What are your other favorite candies, John? Well, no, I got a question because those, yeah. are, those, are, those are the red star, the, all like the red and pink colors. What's your favorite Starburst color? You know, I kind of like the, uh, like the really Free dark, is the the one. dark red one. The dark reds are, are good. I, yeah. I like those if there's one left. Oh, yeah, there's one. Yeah, there's one there. Yeah. Those, you know, if there's one left. <laughs> <laughs> this is what your show has come to. I know, we, I've mailed it in. Do you have any in. more guests right. tonight? Uh, yeah, yeah, we got to... We have someone from the New Bedford Light, Yeah, actually. Colin Hogan. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. He's going to make stuff up. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, that's it. We've, uh, yeah, we've, we've definitely phoned it in, uh, in the last few minutes, but we've had fun. Uh, Mayor John Mitchell. But John, are you going to phone it in for the next four years? Oh, there you go. Your employee that's wants good. to flip that in. You're looking at that's the really good. whether she betray 